0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. As always, I'm David from LearnStageLighting.com and I'm really excited to have you here today. And the reason I'm excited to have you here today is uh, there's a couple of things going on today. We're actually gonna air an interview that I did a few months ago from uh with the ntech folks live from sweetwater's gear fest and it was a lot of fun and we're talking about pixels today and led tape and how all this stuff works together and so i don't really want to jabber on here too long because it's about 45 minutes of really great information on leds but i just want to say it was great to sit down with crystal and james from ntech talk through all this stuff and i think it's going to be really interesting to you really helpful if you happen to work with LEDs or you wanna do some custom LED designs or work with pixels or stuff like that and integrate it into your lighting system. So we start with the basics and uh, let's dive into the interview. Welcome to today's main segment. Once again, as previously, um, a few weeks or maybe a month ago, we haven't decided yet, we were sitting at this table in Indiana and here we are back here again magically at this table in Indiana at Sweetwater's Gear Fest. And today, Myself, Crystal from Entech, as well as James from Entech are here. That's entech.com. If you haven't been there before, go check it out. And we're talking about how do I get started with LED tape and pixels? Because this is something, especially if you've ever gone to churchstagedesignsideas.com or done so recently, have you gone there? You haven't gone there? You haven't gone there? Oh goodness, you gotta check it out. It's I it's a website, if you're not familiar, where churches submit stage designs every day. They post one just to show you the different things that churches are doing with stage designs. You know, some of them have budgets. Some of them have, you know, five dollars is the budget. <laughs> or we had to reuse everything from a previous design. And on that site, we see a lot of LED tape. And so there's a lot to go into about LED tape and we're not gonna cover it all today by any means. Um, if you are looking for more info after today, we'll we'll mention some resources, but it can be a confusing topic as well. There's voltages and amperages and pixels and constant tape and Constantine and uh, Galileo and <laughs> <laughs> there isn't all of that. But there can be a lot of confusion, a lot of technical stuff that goes on. and. It can be confusing and if you don't know what you're doing when you're getting into it you could easily get frustrated and so today i just want to talk about some of the differences between these different things um what they do and and how you can use them so let's begin by by talking about led tape james do you want to hit this off what is led tape
1: oh man led tape is exactly what it sounds like Uh, It is basically a strip of tape, sticky on one side, not on the other most of the time, uh, that has a bunch of diodes on it. Um, Some of those diodes, like you said, uh, are, well, I guess some of those diodes are individually addressable and controllable. And in some cases, like you mentioned, the CV tape, the constant voltage tape, um, basically everything lights up the same color at the same time. Uh, It can be as basic or as sophisticated as you want it to be.
0: That's a good answer. Thanks. <laughs> so so just like uh, LED fixtures, are these things, can you, you make different colors with these?
1: Uh, yeah, most of the time you can. Like um, I'm, I'm trying to, I have all these different images. Like when you say LED tape and I think about every context that I see it and you really do see it everywhere. Um, Particularly the first thing that comes to my mind and I hope that your audience understands that I'm less technically proficient and knowledgeable than anyone sitting at this table. But the claw machine at your local bowling alley or the local restaurant, the thing with the you put yeah, in the 50 yeah, cents the and you try to try grab it. the toy out. Um, almost all of them have some kind of LED tape around every corner and edge <laughs> of this thing. And I look at it and I'm just like, oh, wow, that thing is so cool. And it like. You know, just like an LED fixture, you can use combinations of red, green, blue, sometimes white, possibly even amber. I'm not sure. I haven't particularly seen that tape out there. Um, But just like with a regular LED RGB fixture, you can make the same you know, smaller than advertised, but impressive range of colors uh, that you can with anything else. <laughs> That's a great way to put it.
0: <laughs> it's true though, it's it's a great tool. So I guess when we're first starting out, the the first thing you kind of want to define when you're starting with the tape is, is whether you go with that constant voltage or what they call RGB tape a lot of time, as opposed to, A pixel tape where where each one's a different color and so crystal um, obviously I'm asking these these are kind of softball questions and I know the answers but what are the differences when it comes to the box that you plug the tape into because just to kind of add to what James was saying you don't just plug the tape into DMX it it doesn't have a DMX input port you gotta plug it into a quote-unquote box that does something and so what are the boxes that you use for the the regular RGB tape and, and the pixel tape? You know what what kind of give us a brief little bit of knowledge about those.
2: So the word for that box varies depending on really who you're getting it from. But um, if you're talking about pixel tape, tape that's individually controlled and can run effects, um, that box is a driver, um, and that driver is taking several things into it. Um, and talking to the leds it's taking uh, data Um, leds are uh, they take a protocol um, based on what type of led they are so that driver can take in usually multiple protocols Um, sometimes they call it an encoder
0: Um, so some words you might see with these protocols you might see letters like ws2811 you might see APA, what is it, 102 102. or 102, you know, WS2812 and and 13. Those are some kind of things you might see if you're looking at tapes. And and, and those are the kind of protocols that the actual tape talks.
1: Yeah. So for those of you at my skill level, it's like a language that they speak. And
2: there's lots of them. And I will say that, especially if you want to use pixel tape, you need to know what protocol your tape is speaking that's important so if the documentation doesn't tell you that i would be a little weary now the other kind of tape um, also uses a driver or an encoder but it's not taking in as much data it's more about power when you're talking about constant voltage tape. There's not a language that it's speaking. Its language is electricity. Yeah, it literally is
0: pure DC electricity. So you can actually, and I've done this on my desk before when I'm lazy, is instead of using the box, to just to turn on some regular rgb tape you can just take like a 12 volt power supply if it's 12 volt tape and i just wanted it blue so i just hooked it up to blue into the, the the neutral and you know i was good to go so anyways it so it's it's really just power that these guys get but what's the box do
2: so generally um in and i will just back up a second and say that non-pixel tape you can make colors out of it there is rgb non-pixel tape. You're not just stuck to one color. You can get... You can buy one color, but most
0: often people are buying an RGB tape.
2: Right. Um, So that tape is, uh, depending on what type it is, it's mitigating the voltage. It's either giving all the voltage and it's like digitally changing the signal or it's the opposite the other way. Um, So depending on the tape that you're using, you know, that, that box is taking the power and uh, fluctuating it to what, the leds need i think i explained yeah
0: that. yeah i think that's a good way to put it and it's also translating the dm it's translating dmx signal from your console generally yeah, you or ArtNet or sacn if you're using a, a more advanced console and you're using networked dmx and it's it's taking it converting it into that voltage so that the tape can run
1: yeah so if if you were to look at the tape itself the two different types uh, the two different basic types which are the RGB constant voltage versus the pixel tape. Uh, When you look at what you're actually connecting to on the constant voltage tape, you will see a basically there's a red, a green, a blue, and a neutral, And like Crystal said, the the box for the driver for that is basically just putting a certain amount of power that you determine using your lighting console to each of those red, greens, and blues based on what you want. Um, With the Pixel Tape, depending on the tape, uh, most of the tape that I have personally worked with will have three instead of four uh, little pads on it, Um, three little uh, connections. Uh, You will have your power, your voltage, uh, your common, which is, I guess, almost like the neutral on, on the CV yeah, tape, yeah. Um, and then a data line. Um, because on the pixel tape, each individual LED has its own tiny little, would you call it a processor? Uh, yeah, a tiny a, little- It's an integrated circuit, I believe. Yeah, it's a yeah. little integrated yeah. circuit, whereas yeah. for the length of, of constant voltage tape you might buy, there's one circuit for the whole length of tape. Uh, with the pixelated tape, each individual LED has its own, it's like a little translator telling it what color to be.
2: Mm-hmm. And four wire tape, uh, that fourth wire is what we call the timing wire um, or a clock wire, just so that you guys know. There's you know different theories out there on which is better, three or four. But you could get into it's, fights it's, all day long yeah, about it's, it. I, it's negligible. Just, I don't think know, there's a huge like. difference. I don't yeah, think so and,
0: I mean, maybe if you're doing massive projects, you can go and research that. But right. if you're not running miles yeah. of tape, I, I wouldn't worry yourself with. No, just find a tape that you like. And... What type? Yeah, what particular protocol to buy? As long as it matches up in your box. Your converter box can can do that that type for Pixel. You have good. to
1: speak the same, la- same language. Yeah. Most people are going to be limited by budget anyway, um, because when you start getting into the pixelated tape, um, things get everything gets really big, really fast, uh, both in terms of cost, capabilities, um, and the number of DMX channels you're working with, which we will get into a little bit later.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really good topic to think about. So we started off, we talked about content, constant voltage tape, and we said that that whole strip of tape is one single color at a time. You know, all the LEDs are the same. But if you have some kind of application, you're creating some kind of custom set piece or doing something like that where you only need, you know, two, three, four eight different segments of color along a long distance, then you could run eight segments of constant voltage tape and save a lot on the DMX channels. Because in a moment, we're gonna talk about how many DMX channels all this stuff takes and and how to get control of that in your console. And if you're using a more basic console, you may not want to bring in a Many thousands of channels. You might say, "Okay, I need eight, se- you know, eight separate control segments," and you could do that with constant voltage tape. Whereas with the pixel tape, you're not going to be able to break it down like that. Let's put an asterisk there.
1: <laughs> this all gets very complicated very quickly.
0: Okay. So, we started off by talking about LED tape. Before we run over to console land, I want to talk quickly about other pixels because it's not just LED tape that you can work with in this realm, with the drivers and the encoder boxes, decoder, whatever you want to call them, you know, it's not just tape that works with this boxes. So there's actually other kinds of forms of LEDs that you can use too, right?
2: Right, yeah, LED, you know, diodes, being that they're little small squares of light, can be formed into multiple fa- you know, form factors. Um, so the most common being tape, um, and then what we call dots, um, like little domes of light that are strung into strings. Um, there's a Christmas light style, uh, mini, uh, diode, you know, um, and then there's people that make like just circles, O's. Um, but pretty much any form factor, you know, there's signs that are letters of diodes. You know, you can buy an S and an A, I could spell my name. So it can take almost any form factor, the common ones being tape, dots, modular, organic shapes. um, Christmas-like things. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So it's really, the sky's the limit, and the the website you mentioned at the beginning, um, you know, like, the the sky really is the limit as far as how you can shape these things. The one thing I will say is that for tape, um, there is side-emitting tape, but the general rule, I guess, because of the way that it bends is that you can only do one radius. So if you have a ball... You can't twist it, per yeah, se. Yeah, you can't twist
0: you it. You can't twist it, I think, is the best way to explain <laughs> right, yeah. it, yeah.
2: So, but yeah, as far as shape, it's, it can take a many, 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 many forms of, sh- of factor.
0: Awesome, so I think we, we've covered the basics so well, as well as we can in a short segment. You know, you can really go into the weeds on this stuff and get deep into this, but we're trying to cover the basics and give you a really good overview here. So. Um, let's talk about briefly, um, how do you make this stuff work? So we're going to talk about lighting consoles in particular in a minute, but so we talked about some boxes we've got. So how, how does that typically work? Does the box plug in directly to DMX? How, how does it work?
1: Uh, a lot of it depends on how many, uh, pixels you're working with. Um, and a lot of that, you know, is also determined by what kind of console you're working with. So um, to keep it simple, um, and I'm going to stick only to pixel tape here uh, because it's more interesting because, um, I mean, they're, they're, we have to talk about power and we have to talk about control um, because I get a lot of a lot of interest from people who want to have like a 50 foot long. Actually, I had one guy uh, who basically is working on a bowling alley concept where he had uh, tape running from the approach of the bowling alley all the way to where the pins are, which is I think about 90 feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And he wanted just straight lengths of tape. Um, And he wanted them three inches apart, 12 feet wide. and so as a concept we should point out that if you're if you're a person who just like who is pretty well versed in led lighting um and you understand that like one universe is 512 channels of dmx uh this guy was talking about needing something to the tune of 60 universes of control so that's just to illustrate when you're talking about things like pixel tape um it gets really big really fast so what basically what you need is uh first of all a, a fairly good understanding of dc electricity yeah let's, uh, um,
0: let's talk about the power quick because that's something yeah. we haven't talked about
1: much yeah um because unlike with dmx like with what you may have set up in your venue uh or your church or you know for your band um you can hook up a bunch of things daisy-chained using DMX. Uh, I think the standard is up to 32 lights uh, all hooked up without losing any signal. Uh, the, light, the last light is getting the same information that the first light got in terms of how strong that signal is going to it. Um, when you talk about pixel tape, the farther you go down that string of tape, the voltage goes down more and more. Um, When the voltage goes down beyond a certain point, you start to visually see a significant difference uh, towards the end of the tape uh, compared to the very beginning. Um, This is mostly apparent if you have a length of tape, let's say it's 15 feet long, and you've got one power supply at the very front, um you'll see that when you bring up your red green and blue to full uh the white that you get out of that will look way different on the first pixel than on the last mm-hmm. um and so that's one of the biggest challenges that i think people who get into this kind of stuff uh are unaware of when they start thinking about it is that even with i mean some of the the most expensive and best tapes you might see out there you can't go more than six feet before you start to see a change and you start having to put power in every I would say every four and a half to five feet, you have to start reinserting power so that all of your pixels look the same when you light them up. So a good understanding of how electricity works is a great way to introduce yourself to the world of of pixel tape and LED tape.
2: And I will just say that one of the tools to help with that is, we call that voltage drop, just so you know. um, When the voltage gets lower than usable and as it decreases over a length. Um, You can actually Google voltage drop calculator um, and you can type in rapidtables.com has a really great voltage drop calculator that I use when I'm making systems. And you can type in the gauge of wire that you think you're going to use and how long and what voltage you're going to use. Um, Most of your LED tape is going to be low voltage, generally five volts. Yeah. Or what are the other options you commonly see? The other options you commonly see are 12 volt or 24 volt for some of those other larger form factors. The higher the voltage um, that the tape or LEDs are looking for, the longer the length that you can go before you see that visible color change because of voltage drop. So if you have a choice between a low voltage like a 5 and a higher like a 12, the 12 is generally going to be your better choice as far as having to use less power supplies
0: yeah and from what i gather speaking with manufacturers i believe most of the time the 12 volt tape is actually a 5 volt led it just runs at 12 volt and there's some, some stuff going on there to dumb the voltage down when it gets to the LED. But again, for the total purpose of being able to run further um, on that line, because this wire's pretty thin that's under these, these LEDs, you yeah. know, and it's, it's only a few volts. And so, you know, as electricity goes, you know, the other week I was doing a thing outdoor at my church and we had a small sound rig out there, you know, and we were 300 feet out from the power source. However, someone in the past before me there thought, got an electrician, put a nice piece of eight gauge wire in there to, to hold the power out for a much longer distance to keep us at a good voltage. And so it's the same when you're talking with low voltage, but it all happens faster. And so yeah, we talked about you know voltage here with the different tapes. One thing that people are also gonna wanna look at and be paying attention to is your box, your decoder or your constant voltage driver, whatever, may or may not include the power supply. And that's something you just need to pay attention to. Do I need to get that power supply separate? Is it included with the box? Is what's in the box enough for what I'm doing? Or will I need more power supplies spliced along the way? The the answer is likely that that is a yes answer. So we've got a power supply now, awesome. We've got our decoder box or our DMX driver or whatever the particular manufacturer of what you're buying uh, calls it. Can I just control this? On my lighting console, like I've got, I've got this this uh, console. It's got twenty four faders on it. Can I control this stuff with with my console? Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> so that's the great thing about DMX, right? Is that at its core, any DMX console can technically control any DMX light.
1: Yes, that's true. Um, you're limited to the number of pixels that you're trying to drive and So there's a big butt here. There's a big butt here. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about my big butt. Um so pixel tape comes in, like we said, in, in tons of different ways. Um one of the ways one of the uh, uh choices you have to make when you look at pixel tape is how many what we call pixel density. How many pixels per meter are you working with or how many pixels per foot? Um There are companies that sell anywhere from 30 pixels per meter to 60 pixels per meter. Um, I've seen tape that is 144 pixels per meter and I want to talk about that real quick Uh, because if you have 144 pixels per meter tape uh, and it's RGB uh, pixel tape then over the course of three feet of tape, a little more than three feet of tape, you're taking up 412 DMX channels. Almost an entire universe with three feet of tape. Um, that That's just like a tiny sense of, of the kind of world you're getting into when you get into the, the pixel mapping stuff. Um, if you're using 12 volt tape, it would take you much, much, greater distance before you hit 412 dmx channels um but with the super high density stuff um you could fill up your one universe uh with what if you have like a one universe piece of software or a console you could have that whole thing filled up within three feet and then you don't then you're just like in a in a world of hurt you have to start looking and so there are lots of pieces of software out there um that are capable of utilizing up to, and this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people who who aren't deep into this, who just kind of have a basic lighting rig, Um, but there's pieces of software out there that allow you to control up to 1024 universes of DMX. And we're going to do a quick calculation. That is 524,288 DMX channels, all controlled with one piece of software. Um, And we at at NTEC have seen uh, people use up to seven different pieces of that software. So we've seen people who have actually had the capability of running over 3.6 million DMX channels. Um, And that's the world of pixel mapping. (laughs) And so that actually brings up a good point as you talk about pixel density. You want
0: to think about, if you're buying pixel tape, how close is an audience member or a congregant or whoever going to actually be to this tape? And if they're not going to be real close, get the 30 pixel per meter tape, <laughs> you know, because it's going to make your life easier in so many ways. You know, power, DMX channels, all of the above. So Crystal, so I've got, you know, say I'm using DMX, an Ntech product that I like a lot. And I just bought some pixel tape. I bought five me—I don't know. I bought some tape. I get three hundred channels of tape, and I want to put
2: it in DMXs. Can I do that? You can. You can. Do, do I want to do that? You don't want to, because now you've got a lot of faders that you need to control. Now, um, you know, a lot of the consoles are out that are out there, and especially uh, you know at the starting level, um, they're, they're, this stuff wasn't around when we started engineering consoles. Um, You know, so the concept of pixel mapping doesn't come natively to these physical boards or even PC-based boards um, because you've got just too many, I mean, pages and pages and pages of channels that you're trying to flip up and down and make things and it just, you're gonna bang your head against a wall.
0: You can spend all day and you don't get something that's that impressive when you're done.
2: And you don't get anywhere because you're flipping pages for hours just trying to get there. Um, So, you know, having something that has the capability of pixel mapping is kind of where I think we're going with this Um, and it can be in addition to some of the newest consoles have pixel mapping available on board. More often than not, what you'll find, though, is an accessory piece of software that is meant to natively handle pixels, and they are called pixel mappers.
0: So, so what exactly does a pixel mapper do that a lighting console doesn't really do well?
2: A pixel mapper, well, first off, it gives you virtual control, so you're not talking about physical, those 24 channels on that console you talked about earlier. What it does is it groups the the pixels together. Okay, so um, you're you're
0: putting the R G and B together, right, in one little spot pixel on right. the screen. Okay, yep. so and you, then, you
2: group the R G and B together, um, and then often, you know, they allow you to make your shapes that you're going to make in real life. Um, so you make a physical representation on the screen, basically what it looks like in
0: real life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people even bring in a picture, right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of software allows you to do that, and then you can line it up with the picture.
2: Right. So then you can draw it out, you know, the way it's going to be, be in real life. Um, let's say grouping, drawing yes. pixel. Cool. Okay.
1: So, a nice analogy that I like to make with, with people that ask me the question is, imagine having a um, a video projector that is aimed at a giant piece of black fabric. When you project onto that black fabric, you're really not going to see anything. So with pixel mapping software, imagine putting a white sticker on that black fabric everywhere yeah. that you have a pixel, and then project. And then everywhere that you have that white piece of paper, you will actually see what the projector is trying to show you. And that's essentially what pixel mapping software does. If if you could get pixels close enough together and enough of them, you could project a high-definition image or yeah, I I or can. piece of media yeah. onto it. Um, it's not necessarily designed for that. There's other software and other devices that are meant to do that. But essentially what you're doing is just lighting up a particular spot of a bigger picture.
2: And that's a, another thing that our mapper does. It allows you to bring in a picture, a media Um, a video clip and it holds it there and it translates what you're seeing in that clip or picture or gif or whatever into what the LEDs can produce now doesn't mean that you're gonna be able to see that whole thing super smooth like butter like a movie screen but it means that you know you'll get a general idea of it if your density is you know further spread but your brain will will fill in a lot of
0: that and it's way quicker than programming a lighting chase so Two quick points that I kind of have on media server or pixel mappers slash media servers. There are some differences, but we're not going deep into that here. Um, the first I'm thinking about is you know, if you wanted to buy a video wall or a TV, buy a video wall or a TV. You know, pixels are generally, you're, you're doing more abstract things with them, but. It's a lot quicker than programming out chases on your lighting console to be able to play either a stock clip or an animation inside of a piece of software that that allows you to get that that look of movement and that look of video, you know, without having to spend hours typing away on your lighting console. The second point that I had about that is that Entek makes a really great piece of software. You guys sell this awesome piece of software called ELM Entek's LED Mapper, and What's cool about ELM, um, and I don't wanna make you guys be super self-promotional, so I'll be promotional for you. Um, You're not paying me to say this, but what makes ELM cool is unlike other pixel mapping or media server kind of setups, this one was designed from the ground up to work with LEDs and curves and different shapes and zigzags and stuff like that. And so when it comes to A, configuring, B, laying out, and C, modifying and playing things back later. Everything in this program is through the lens of LEDs, whereas other media servers kind of started with a lighting console triggering playback to screens and stuff. This one started with LEDs and pixel tapes and stuff like that. And I can tell you, having worked with different ones, for if you're working with pixel products, you really want to take a good hard look at Entex LED mapper because it's a rockin' program it's not expensive it's not overly expensive you only need to license the amount of universes that you're going to use And that's really flexible, because you can stack licenses, right? Yeah, I've told people that before, so I hope it's not false. But you can buy, if you need six universes, you can buy a four and a two, for example. I don't know if those are actual ones you offer, but they're not. But the concept, you can add them together. You don't just have to use the exact numbers that they have available. You can kind of create your custom amount. But um, thinking of, is there anything else either of you want to mention about about ELM? Because it's a great piece of software.
1: You can actually download a fully functional demo of it for yeah. Yeah. free. Um, the only the only hitch, the only hang up on it is that every five minutes it takes a 30 second break. so it's a lot like me.
2: but it, but it will out, <laughs> it will actually output. so you can really test it. A lot of software you can't output. you just get to check out the interface. Yeah it's with cool the demo yeah. of Elm. you can actually output and really try it with the exception of when it goes to black for 30 seconds every once in a while.
0: But this is not a deal breaker if you're trying to figure it out if it's right for you or, you know, figure out if it can do what you want it to do, which I think is, is really great and really novel. Um,
2: and I just well. want to step back really quickly to something you said earlier, because we get a lot of calls of people saying, I want to make a video wall, but I want to do it with LED tape. And I don't know where they, the myth started. Maybe they think it'll save
0: money. I'm not sure.
2: Right. That's what I'm, I'm thinking that people think it will save them money. I don't think it, but will, it will if you not. add it all up. No. <laughs> Once you add it up, as James mentioned earlier, it gets really complicated really fast. So unless you have a lot of money and a lot of time to do all yeah. of the soldering and all of the work, if you want a video screen and if you want high density, just do a video screen. Um, if you want to do something that's a little bit different, you know, and if you're looking for you know, organic accents and, you know, lots of movement in a different way because we were all very used to looking at video screens and movies and projectors. If you want something that's a little bit different, then you're coming over into the pixel mapping world. So just wanted to put that out there.
0: Yeah. And another actually quick point before we answer kind of the last thing I have on our outline here is that these days the pixel tapes on the actual physical tape and and driver's side is not much more expensive than the regular RGB tape. It's not, it used to be a good bit more expensive. Now it's not a ton more expensive than the RGB tape. So don't go thinking this Pixel stuff, it's fancy, it's really expensive. It's actually not a ton more expensive than the regular stuff you'll find if you price it out. Um, It's just about the control that you really gotta factor in the cost there and how much you're trying to control, so
1: yeah. The other big difference um, if if you're in the DMX world and you're trying to get into the pixel mapping kind of stuff um, is that you will be uh, switching over from using XLR type cable, DMX type cable, to using Ethernet cable for the most part. Uh, mostly because Ethernet uh, cable is capable of transmitting far more data than the DMX standard allows.
0: Yeah, that's 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 a really good point that um, a lot of the times, and this is where I was actually pivoting to a little bit is okay so we've got this program, NTEX LED mapper or some other media server-ish program, but we still are gonna control it from our lighting console. So how's that work? And and how much how many channels does that take in, in your lighting console?
2: If we're talking about Elm, then um, a lot of times I mentioned that they pair the two together. So first of all, just like you address a fixture, you address your driver because the computer has to know when you're talking to it so you give it a number yeah because
0: we're still sending we're sending usually artnet or sacn networked dmx signal per se out of our pixel mapper to our drivers so it's the same kind of signals your lighting console can send out it's just that the pixel mapping program is sending it out instead in this situation
2: and then in the case of elm you have an eight eight or 16 channel. You kind of think of whatever you've created with your diodes as a fixture. And those moving head fixtures that a lot of you have, they have attributes, you know, pan, tilt, intensity, zoom, all of that. You think of whatever you've created with your diodes as a fixture with attributes. And generally you can choose eight channels or 16 channels. Um, And then that Eight or sixteen channels controls your entire creation of LEDs, um, and each channel, you know, the first channel, you know, I don't know what it is without looking at the DMX map, but you know, one channel is going to control red, one channel is going to control green, one channel is going to control blue, amber, white, whatever your. Um, color combination is, and then another channel is going to control the speed of your media. Another channel is going to control which media you're playing. You know, so just like a moving light and you go on and on through the full line of channels, um, it's an attributed fixture. And that's how you start to control a lot with very little channels. Um, And that's the power of a map. In your lighting console, Yeah, Yeah, in the lighting console. The lighting console triggers the mapper to activate because the mapper then essentially becomes a fixture. Um, And you set it up in your console like an eight or 16 channel fixture, just like you would anything else.
0: Exactly. And I'm going to ask you here quick because I don't totally know the answer, so hopefully you do. So with ELM, I'm going to be controlling that with these eight or 16 channels. I know I can bring that in on ArtNet or SACN probably from my lighting console, but can I also bring it in with like an NTEC USB device um, as well? to control it? Actually, is that what we're doing here?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> what we're doing here at, at Gearfest, Fest uh, in lovely Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, rainy. Rainy. Yeah, yeah, rainy, rainy Indiana. Um, is that, yeah, we're using our, um, our DMXS software. Um, and then we have set up uh, Elm as a, I think eight or maybe a nine channel fixture. Um, and then we can program Elm Well, you have to do some programming in Elm in order to, you know, you have to bring in your media, you have to choose certain attributes and and lay everything out. Um, But yes, we're coming out of the DMXs, uh, out of the box. With the DMX cable? With the DMX cable into the DMX input of another device, uh, another USB device called the DMX USB Pro. Um, That takes in the DMX signal, sends it into another computer where Elm is installed, and then Elm is just basically um, you bring up DMX channel, the first DMX channel of the Elm fixture, and that tells Elm, "Hey, you're being remote controlled now." Um, and then the rest of the DMX channels for that fixture will do things like choose the media, choose the speed that it that the media moves, choose the colors so you can affect the colors of the media, um, and various other attributes. Uh, the yeah, basically. Um, There was something else I was gonna add to that. Um, In fact, there are actually a lot of the sort of pixel, uh, pixel controlling devices out there. This is a relatively new thing. Um, More and more of those uh, controllers are actually being controlled, capable of being controlled by DMX. Um, Elm is also pretty unique in that it can be remote controlled through OSC or HTML.
0: Yeah, one other two, two, one, two other things quick on the application notes of this is you might be thinking that might sound like a lot of programming, but one thing I saw a church doing recently is that in Elm you can take in some live video inputs. Mm-hmm. And so they were sending their video background from their screens out of ProPresenter, and in ProPresenter you can configure it to just send the background and not send the words. And then they just brought that into Elm to map it to their pixels so it always matched what was on the screen. So you, you can bring in various pieces of media and play them, but you can also bring live video, whether that be you know an abstract shot from a camera that you're really gonna turn abstract when you throw it on LEDs, or just a motion background out of a program like ProPresenter that you already were using anyways, and, and you've got that content going in. The other thing I was talking about that, thinking about that, that you just mentioned is Entex got another great, fairly newish product called the Pixelport. It's not super new, it's been around a little while now. And it has the ability that without a program like Elm, you can get in 17 DMX channels, I believe. I know I said 14 in my review on YouTube, just forget I said that everybody. Um, In 17 channels, go leave your comment. Um, (laughs) In 17 channels, you get kind of a media server-esque control over your tape without using a lot of DMX channels. Do do either of you want to quick kind of talk through how that works, how that looks on the console end?
2: Basically it's it's doing that same sort of attributed fixture. You know, there's a drop down um and the pixel port gets uh gets an address just like everything else because it's a giant chain of, of devices. Um so you give it an address um and it and it becomes uh you know becomes a dmx fixture, fixture yeah right.
0: exactly it's going to be through ArtNet net or sac and in this case but right we're not going deep into that specific but so it's a dmx fixture with 17 channels
2: right and so you're triggering it just like you would anything else you know um and there's a there's a pull down and it gives you this channel does this this channel does that um, and as you activate those channels it you get
0: different colors, motions, types of curves to the effects. You know, it's not quite the same as using a program like ELM, but Mm -hmm. if you just want some pixel tape to do some cool chasey things that you actually have some control over and you don't need something really specific, Mm -hmm. that might be something worth looking into.
1: Yeah, I I like to think of the pixel port as basically being a very, very high-end, like, a Home Depot style controller, like those, yeah. like yeah. that tape you can buy at Home Depot, where you just have this tiny little box and you can choose which preset and what funky stuff it does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Pixel Port will do far more funky stuff, far cooler stuff, and you know, just a little more expensive. Uh, the only drawback with that is that since um, the Pixel Port is not only kind of a substitute for your LED mapper, it's also kind of a substitute for that box that goes at the other end that actually drives the tape. Um, So it has the power supply built in, um, but it's limited since it has the power supply built in, it can only control a certain number of pixels total. So about two universes of pixels
0: and only the voltage that you order it in. It can do 5, 12, or 24 volts, but it's not something you can be doing five volts one day and then say, I want to flip this switch and change it. Right. It's the power supply set to that, because while Entec could pro- could definitely engineer something that had a power supply you could change, it would cost a whole lot more to manufacture. So yeah. that just wouldn't make sense.
1: Yeah. Well, we have actually working on some of that kind of stuff, but that's like another, that's another, hush, hush. another episode. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, oh, the the other cool thing about the Pixel port is that they can be daisy-chained just like an an, an LED fixture can. So um, you can run multiple power Pixel ports together, and they also run in different modes. So if you did have a piece of software like Elm, it would just act as the translator box for the tape. Or you can set it in standalone mode. Um, If you do want to use it in standalone mode, you know, like a lot of people... Uh, if you're working like the red carpet at the Oscars and you want to have, you know, things on either side that are pixel tape, um, you can actually hook up multiple pixel ports together and they act as sort of a master-slave kind of mode where um, they work together so that it's not like you have two strips of tape that are doing this. You actually end up with one long strip of tape that does that, um, which is really cool in my opinion.
2: Yeah, they're in sync. Yeah. Up to 10. Yeah, yeah. Up to
0: 10 is the daisy chain through on that and that's just kind of a, technical detail you start to get too much lag after 10 and and they'll be slightly out of sync at that point so not that they couldn't technically do that but it's highly not recommended just because you you might not get the result you want but again this is network dmx and i I talk about this other places so this is networking so you can use switches and, and various network gear when you need to do more than than 10 things for sure but at that point i think we've covered things fairly well as a brief overview you guys yeah, feel? There's like a that? couple
2: of things that I generally tell people when they're coming to Pixels uh, that I just want to mention. When you go online and you search pixel tape, pixel driver, pixel decoder, all of that, you're going to get a lot of information. One of the most important things to remember, um, if you, especially if you're working on a budget, is put your money towards a good driver. A, there's lots of them out there, ours being one of them. Um, the driver is something that you're going to be able to carry with you through multiple projects. you got to think of it as the brain of your system. Kind of like a lighting console, almost. Right? Kind of like a you lighting know, console. It's a long-term purchase. It's yeah. a long-term purchase. Lots of drivers can drive lots of different types of tape and lots of different manufacturer's tapes. So if you invest your money in a good driver with upgradable firmware, because we, we talk about how... The cheap
0: stuff's not going to do that.
2: Right. The cheap stuff's not going to do that. And the technology is changing so rapidly that if you don't have upgradable firmware, by the time it gets to your door, there's a good chance that there's already been another protocol that's come out on the market. So something that you can upgrade and keep for a number of years is going to be something that's going to be a little bit of an investment, but it's going to be worth it in the end. If you're only doing a project that is a few weeks long, if it's not going to be a month or two, you can go with a cheaper tape. You don't have to go out and buy the Rolls-Royce of LED tape. You need a Rolls-Royce driver though. Um, you need a good driver, and you can put cheaper tape up to that driver.
0: You can, and one quick thing though, we're not gonna get super into detail here because we've been talking for a good while, it's been fun, but uh, we don't want to tire you poor people out. We, we like you, um, we want you to come back. But um, you know, if you're doing a good quantity of tape and you buy the cheap stuff, you're probably going to find it's not going to match. Even if you buy it all at the same time, it may not match. It may not look exactly the same. When you buy the nicer tape, you buy a good bit of it at once. It is going to match, you know, year to year. LEDs are going to change and they're going to be different even if you buy the nicest stuff you can so do keep that in mind when when you are looking to buy Um, I've definitely got some more resources that I'm going to be linking to in the show notes as always some articles on learnstagelighting.com Ntech actually has a really great article they put out not long ago kind of a page that kind of goes over the basics of pixel control and it's it's really good it's got some really great diagrams and stuff and then so we'll link to that we'll link to more resources on learnstagelighting.com and if you really want you know the step by step how to guide there is also inside of learn stage lighting labs a full action plan called custom led design 101 that takes you from be- be- where you were before even listening to this podcast episode knowing nothing about pixels and at the end you'll have all the information all the math all the how to's that that you'll need to make a great pixel or led tape project so definitely we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes you can check it out there learn more about it and, and check out those opportunities. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you
2: guys on the site. Thanks.